All right. Well, welcome to H2O. It is really good to have you here with us. Uh, my name is Brian Wiles. I'm one of the pastors here at H2O, and it's great to be together. Also, a special welcome to H2O Akron just joining us uh, via video as we are in the second week of this uh, You Were Meant for This series. And so last week, as we were launching into 2017, we launched into this new series that we're calling You Were Meant for This. And, and really at the heart of this series that we talked about is this recognition that every single one of us has a deep longing within us for purpose, for meaning, uh, to be part of something bigger than, than ourselves, to be part of something great. It, it's, it's a desire that every single one of us has deep within us. And, and as I was thinking about that, you know, I was thinking about all the different New Year's resolutions that we heard. And, and one New Year's resolution that I didn't hear was like, I want 2017 just to be average. You know, I just want to be like an, an average person in 2017. I just kind of want to float through life, you know. Nobody says that when they start off the year, right? Uh, there's something significant about heading into a new year and saying, God, I want to be part of something bigger than myself. God, I'm so excited for the future, and, and I know that I was meant for something, but what is that something? And so this series, it's a desire for us as a church to help all of us figure out what exactly are we meant for, because while we have that deep desire in our heart, I think there's also a recognition that many of us have that, that we can feel stuck at times, Right? You know, we have that, that, that passion to be part of something bigger, but we also don't know exactly how to make that happen. There's times where we, we, we have that desire, but we're not sure how to get there. And so this series is an attempt for us as a church to figure out and help you figure out what exactly you were meant for. And as we head into the second week, I want to start off with just uh, sharing a, a story with you that, that happened to my wife and I a few years back. Sarah and I, um, we, I, I talk about them a lot, so you probably know this if you've been around H2O at all, but we, we are the parents of three kids. And so a few years back, you know, we have three young kids. Now, for those of you who are families here, you know that raising three young kids, it can be an extremely hard thing to do, right? I mean, you're exhausted all the time, and a lot of your energy and effort goes into your kids, right, as it should. And so there's times where, as a married couple, what we've tried to do is just get away for a weekend. You know, we'll spend a little time just by ourselves, and we'll send the kids to grandma and grandpa's, and you just get to go and be together by yourself. And it's, man, if you're a parent and you've ever got to have one of these weekends, it's like, just, you know, the, the, the juice of life, you know, it's just like, it's amazing, you know, like you can, you can sleep as long as you want, you can do whatever you want without having people knock on your door, you can do whatever, you know, you can go to the restroom by yourself, I mean, it's amazing, all right, and so we got one of these weekends a few years ago where we went to Cleveland, and uh, so we're going to have this romantic weekend together, we're really excited about it, we get this hotel in downtown Cleveland, and as we uh, get into the hotel, we realize that right next to our hotel, uh, we didn't really have plans. We didn't know exactly what we were going to do, but there was this exhibit. It was the bodies exhibit. Have any of you guys heard of the bodies exhibit? Okay, a couple people have been there. Okay, so if you haven't heard of it, the bodies exhibit is like this exhibit where uh, they, it travels around to different places in the country, and you literally have human bodies human cadavers, uh, you know, that, that are dissected, and you get to walk around and look at these, these formerly alive human bodies. They're, they're not artwork. They're not, you know, models. It's real human cadavers that you get to walk around. And so my wife and I, we have a decision. We're on this romantic, you know, getaway for the weekend, and we're like, should we go to the bodies exhibit, you know? Because we didn't really have plans, and it was kind of one of those things that, like, you're curious about, you know, you're interested about. Um, so should we do it or not? And so being, you know, of course, the great husband, I'm like, yeah, we're going to the bodies exhibit. 
This is going to turn into a biology lesson, you know. Um, and so, so we decided to go to this exhibit. And I was talking to a few people about it before the messenger. Like uh, one girl said, I actually, Abby, our worship leader, she's like, I went and I literally almost, you know, couldn't keep my cookies down. I had to leave, you know, because I didn't imagine that it was like that real. So we walk into this exhibit. And I'm not like a science guy or anything, but my mind was blown by this body's exhibit, okay? You walk around to different places, and, and what they had done is they dissect, dissected a body just like you would dissect a frog in, in, you know, in biology class in high school, but they, like, literally pulled out the different systems of the body, and they were sitting there by themselves, right? So you go over and you look at this, and there is the cardiovascular system just sitting there all by itself. That was amazing, you know? You go over here. This one was the most crazy. The nervous system, okay? The, the, they had taken the time to literally cut out the nervous system of a formerly alive human being, and you got to see the nervous system sitting there, okay? The respiratory system. All these different systems, they were just sitting there. And it was like, as we were walking through it, it was kind of bizarre, you know? You didn't know exactly how to feel, but it was also like this amazing thing. And from that experience that Sarah and I had, you know, we learned two things. And the first thing is just a simple reality. As we were walking through this exhibit, we realized and we were, you know, encouraged to remember that there is no possible way that our bodies came about by blind random chance. There's just no possible way that there's any way that that could happen. I don't have enough faith to be an atheist to believe that our bodies could have actually just like randomly, you know, assimilated into the complexity that they have. So we, we, we realized that, and it was almost like this worship experience, you know, as we got to, to see this body's exhibit. But secondly, we realized that the systems in our body, while as amazing as they are, they needed each other to work together. You know, so you look at the nervous system, and it's so cool, and it's so amazing, but the nervous system by itself could not sustain life, right? You look at the cardiovascular system, and it's what pumps all the blood through our bodies, right? And it's so cool, and it's so amazing, but that cannot sustain life by itself. All these systems are amazing, but they had to work together in order to sustain life. And as we were there, it was just like this amazing thing to stop and to think about. And today, as we continue on in this You Were Meant for This series, uh, Paul is going to use this analogy. Paul is going to use this example of the human body. Paul didn't have the experience that, that we had where he actually got to see what the inside of these systems looked like. But he knew enough to know that the body needed each other to work together. And so the big idea that we're going to discover together today is that we are always better together. The, the big picture that we're going to learn and that we're going to talk about as we're in this, you were meant for this series, is that we are always better together. That's what the family of God, that's what the body of Christ is meant to do. We're meant to be together. And just like a body, any individual system is amazing and as complex as it is, it cannot stand on its own. It needs each other. It needs the whole body. It needs the skeletal system. It needs everything holding it together to sustain life, to have health, and to grow. And as we discover this together today, we're going to figure out what it looks like to be actually better together, what it looks like to be part of the family and the body of Christ. And so I'm excited to continue on with this series as we're figuring out exactly what we're meant for. So we've been in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, we're going to jump back in there today. If you have your Bibles, you can open up there. We also have it on on the H2O app. If you're newer, we have an H2O app that you can search for and find the notes on there. You also have your notes and your handouts. So we went through uh, chapter 12, verses 1 through 11 last week. We're going to pick up chapter 12, uh, verse 12 together today. It says this, 
1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all of the members of the body, though they are many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were made to drink of the one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but many. And we're going to stop throughout this passage and pull out for a minute and learn from it and learn four different points about what we were meant for and what we weren't meant for. And so I want to stop right here and, and discover the first point together. And I think what Paul is getting at with this is this. We were not meant to be alone, but we were meant for community. We weren't meant to be alone, but we were meant for community. And I think that that's a, a, a reality that many of us feel deep within us, but it's a question that we have to figure out, how do we actually live in community? We know that we have a deep longing within us. Whether you're inside the church, whether you've been going to church your whole life, or whether you're brand new, it, it does not matter what your religious, spiritual background is. We know that humanity, every single one of us, has a deep longing to be part of community. We know that loneliness is a, is a problem. Isolation, it's a problem. And so we know that we are meant to be part of something bigger. We know that we are meant to be part of community. Rick Warren, he's a, a famous path, pastor and author. He, he shares this quote about community. I think, it's, I think it's so telling. Remember, he's a pastor. He says this. He says, I've been at the bedside of many people in their final moments of life. As a pastor, he's been sitting there with people when they're about to, to pass on. He says, I've been at the bedside of many people in their final moments of life. And when they stand at the edge of eternity, I've never heard anyone say, bring me my diplomas. I want to look at them one more time. Show me my awards, my medals, my gold watch I was given. I want to look at those things one more time. When life on earth is ending, people don't surround themselves with objects, he says. What we want around us is people. People we love and people we have community with. Isn't that profound to think about? You know, we, we, can, we can get tempted to spend time, you know, building up our, our own kingdoms. We can spend time, you know, looking for different things that we feel like might make us happy or content. But, but Rick Warren here teaches us, and I think we all know it deep down, that at the end of the day, life is not about those things. Life is about the relationships that you surround yourself with. You see, we weren't meant to be alone, but we were meant for community. And so one of the questions that we may have to ask is, well, why is that the case? You know, why couldn't we just kind of go out and live by ourselves and be a loner and be totally fine with that? Why, why do we have this deep longing for community? And I think the answer revolves in the fact of who God actually is. We talked about this last week, but we talked about the God that we worship as followers of Christ being a triune God, a God that, that exists in, in perfect relational unity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. One God in three persons. And so God is actually a God of relationship. The, the Christian God, the God that we read about in the Bible, is a God of perfect eternal relationship. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit united together. And the Bible says that we were actually made in the image of God. That means that we were made like God. As humans, every single one of us, no matter uh, what, what race we are, no matter what gender we are, every single one of us was made in the image of God. And so God is a relational God. We were made in the, the image of that relational God. Therefore, at our very core, at our very being, that's why we crave community. 
because we're relational people. That's how we were designed to be. That's what we were meant for. We were meant to be in community. And you can see this play out all, all around our world. You can look at social media, and we can have debates as to whether social media is a thing that actually helps us connect in a meaningful way or not. But at the heart of it, social media is a, is a desire to know other people and to be known. At the heart of it, that's what it is. That's why we spend hours on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or whatever the case may be, because we have a desire to know others, and we have a desire to be known. And that desire is a good thing. That desire is a beautiful thing. That desire is part of what we were meant for. We weren't meant to be alone, but we were meant to be in community. And the interesting thing is that community, as awesome as it is, and as powerful as it is, and even though we were meant for it, it can be a scary thing for many of us as well, can it? You know, it can be scary because to be part of a real community means that you have to be a little bit vulnerable. It means that you have to, like, actually put yourself out there. I mean, it's one thing just to have, like, casual relationships with people, but that's not what real community is about. Real community is about actually living life together, about being vulnerable with one another. And so that takes some risk on our part. That takes some vulnerability on our part. And so... The question is, are we, are we willing to take a risk to be part of a community that we were meant for? Are we willing to put ourselves out there sometimes? And I have to be honest, there might even be times where we put ourselves out there and we're disappointed because the, the people that we're called to be in relationship with, every single one of us, we're broken people, right? And so the community that we desire so deeply to have may actually even hurt us at times. And that can make it hard to say that, that we're meant for this community, but that community could also even hurt you as well. But I want to tell you, you were meant for it. And it's worth the risk. And as we're reading and as we're diving into this book of 1 Corinthians, I think over and over again, we hear Paul tell us that you were meant to be connected to a community. And you will not find contentment, you will not find joy in life until you actually enter into some type of vulnerable community with others. That's what we were meant for. And that's what our church longs to be. Longs to be a, a group of people who actually values each other, who actually cares about each other, who actually pushes each other forward and loves each other and is committed to each other in the good times and the bad. And so we were meant not to be alone, but we were meant for community. And then secondly, let's jump back into the text and, and hear what Paul continues to tell us. In verse 15, it says this, If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, that wouldn't make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? Kind of a funny picture. But as it is with God, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose if all were a single member, where would the body be? That's a pretty profound thing to say, right? And I think the second thing we can learn from this is you were not meant to consume, but you were meant to contribute. You weren't meant to just consume, you were meant to contribute. See, the implication of what Paul is talking about here is, is that each of us has a role to play within the community that God's called us to. Each of us has a role to play within the body that God's called us to. Paul's getting at the fact that each of us is created uniquely. 
That there's diversity within the body, and that is a good thing. You know, have you guys ever uh, heard somebody, it's usually a guys, but it can be girls as well, and somebody says, you know, that person can't dance. They have two left feet. People would probably say that about me, right, if you ever would see me dance. They can't dance. They have two left feet. And the idea is that, like, you need a right foot and a left foot to be able to really, you know, move and groove the way that you might want to move and groove, right? You know, if you have two left feet, you're going to trip over yourself a lot. Because the diversity of the right foot and the left foot actually helps you move the way that you want to move. And Paul is saying the same thing. Hey, it's a beautiful thing that there's differences. It's a beautiful thing that, that, that when the body of Christ gathers together, that there's different races, that there's different opinions, that there's different beliefs, as long as we're united around the heart of Jesus, as long as we're united around the head of Jesus Christ. And so Paul tells us, you are unique. You have a role. And your role is needed. And God has gifted you. And he wants to use you. And so listen, don't allow yourself to think that you don't matter. Don't allow yourself to think that, that you're insignificant. Don't allow yourself to think that it's okay to just consume because you know what? I'm not needed anyway. You were designed to be a contributor. You were designed to play a role, not to just consume. You know, it's... it's, uh, it's a conversation that I have every year, usually multiple times, as somebody who, who's in ministry, as somebody who's a pastor, at least once a year, usually multiple times, I'll get a chance to sit down with somebody and talk about life. And, and, and it's one of my favorite parts of being a pastor, just you know, getting to build into people and have conversations with people and hear about what God's doing in their life. And, and every year I'll sit down with somebody and, and the conversation will go something like this. I'll start talking to them. I'll ask them about how, how it's going, getting involved in, a, in a, a body of Christ, getting involved in a church. And as we start to talk, um, they'll explain something to me like this. They'll say, well, I'm just kind of a floater. You know, I, I like to float around, you know, from, from one church to, an, to another church. And I'll say, okay, well, you know, explain that to me. Help me understand that. And they'll say, well, you know, I, I go to this one church because I really like the teaching at this one church. That's always a fun thing to hear as a pastor, right? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. It's funny. It's okay. You can laugh, you know. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, I go to this, this church because I really like the teaching there. They're better than yours, you know. And, uh, and, and, and so that's great. But then I go to this other church because, man, the worship there is awesome. You know, like the reverb on the guitar, it's just, it's, it's hopping. I love the worship at this other church. But then there's this third church where there's like all these really cool people. And that's where I feel like connected to community. And so like I just kind of float, it just kind of depends on the mood that I, that I feel that morning when I wake up. And, and I'll go to this church if I feel like I need a good teaching. And I'll go to this church if I feel like I need good worship. And I'll go to this church if I feel like I, I want to hang out with my friends. I just kind of float. You know, and, and I get the sentiment behind that because I think there's something important about being passionate at, at the, the community that God's called you to. But the reality is, as is I, is I think about that conversation and I hear that conversation over and over again, my response is always the same. My response is, get involved in a body. And it doesn't have to be ours. I would say that to everybody who's here. I'd say that in the conversation. If it's not H2O, that is totally okay. But get involved in a body where you can actually invest, where you can actually contribute, where you can be an active member of what God's called you to do. Because, listen, I think that this is so important for us to hear, and especially in our American Christian context, which many of us come from. It's so important for us to hear that church is not a product to consume. You guys know that, right? Church isn't a product to consume. Church isn't a show to watch. 
that's not what the church is when you look at it from a biblical standpoint. Church is a family. Church is a body of people who are united together. Church is a group of people who are on mission together for Jesus. And that's where richness comes. That's where we move from just kind of consuming to actually contributing and using the gifts that God has given us to actually make a difference. And that's when we start to realize what we were meant for. See, you'll never be able to figure out what you're meant for if you constantly just float around looking for a good product to consume. You'll be able to figure out what you're meant for if you invest and say, this is where I'm going to contribute. This is where I'm going to be part of something bigger than myself. This is where I'm going to make a difference. And we talked about this before, but it won't happen immediately, usually. You know, it will take time. It will be an investment. It will be a process, but consistently investing in a body. That's what God wants for us. That's what we were meant for. And I know from talking to people, there's, there's oftentimes they say, well, well, I don't have the, the right gift. I, just, I don't really have any talents that, that the church could actually use. You know, I don't know if I can really do anything to actually be part of making a difference, uh, of making an impact. Maybe I don't have a gift to speak, or maybe I can't play an instrument, or whatever the case may be. I know that many of us, we struggle with those insecurities. But I think Paul, he's so clear here because he's saying, listen, it doesn't matter what member of the body you are. Every single member matters. Every single member matters. As I was studying for this, uh, this, this message, I, I heard this phrase, and I love it. Nobody is a nobody in the body of Christ. Think about that. Nobody is a nobody in the body of Christ. And so whether you're serving up on stage and people see you, or whether you're serving behind the scenes, which is really the heart of so much of what we do around here at H2O and what any church does, nobody is a nobody in the body of Christ. I mean, think about it in the analogy that Paul is using. Think about an actual body. You know, imagine yourself being like a fingernail, you know? It's probably hard to imagine, but just do it, you know? Imagine being like a fingernail. You might be tempted to say, oh, that's not really that important of a role. I mean, I don't help the body see, I don't... But if you pull off the fingernail, you know, it's going to hurt. You're going to notice that you're missing something, right? Every single one of us has a role to play. Every single one of us has a place within the body of Christ. And you have value. You have purpose. You have meaning. You weren't meant to just consume. You were meant to contribute. Let's jump back into the text and, and look at our third point. Verse 20. It says this, As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need for you. Nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need for you. Kind of along the same lines that Paul was talking about before, but I want us to understand this. Thirdly, you weren't meant for independence, but you were meant for dependence. You weren't meant for independence, but you were meant for dependence. Dependence is a hard thing. I can tell you from personal experience, it's a humbling thing to admit that you're actually dependent on someone or something. Anybody in here have a hard time asking for help? Anybody? Yeah, there's a lot of people that have a hard time asking for help. It was funny, you know, even just as we were setting up here today, I told people that, that was going to be one of my points, and we were laughing because they're, you know, a guy trying to carry a ladder, you know, and almost dropping it. And I, hey, you can ask for help, you know. Um, when I was in high school, I was, uh, I was lifting weights, and, and it was a little bit too heavy. I was bench pressing, 
And uh, I didn't want to ask for help. I didn't want to ask for a spot. So I just, I thought, I can do it. I'm just going to push this up. So I tried to bench press. I pushed it up, and I got, like, extended over my face. And because I didn't have anybody spotting me, I actually dropped the weights on my face, you know? That's a good example of why you should always ask for help, okay? You know, asking for help, it's so hard at times. It's so humbling. Because at the core... When you ask for help, what you're saying is, I cannot do this by myself. I cannot do this alone. I need you. And, and, it, and it dives into our, 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 our selfishness. It, it dives into our self-sufficiency that I so often struggle with. And it reminds us that we're actually dependent on others. You know, think again about the body. Any flesh and bone bodies, there's these variety of cells, right? There's nervous cells, there's blood cells, there's muscle cells, and, and they all have their distinct functions, right? And the body operates smoothly because these, these cells, they work together for a common vision. And they do what they were designed to do in, in unity with one another. And the body certainly wouldn't operate the way that it's supposed to when cells start to decide that they're going to be independent and do their own thing. That's actually what happens when, when disease or, or, or health problems come into the case. When, when, when your cells in your stomach start to, to go independent, start to go rogue, it's called indigestion. When, when, when the cells in your brain start to, to, to go rogue and start to be independent, it, it's called insanity. When the cells in your body don't operate properly, it means that your body is actually sick. When your cells try to be independent and don't rely on the whole system together, you know something's wrong. And I think oftentimes that can happen with us. I think oftentimes that can even happen within the church. You know, where we forget that we are a body, but at the head, all throughout Scripture, the, the, the analogy of the body is used for the church, and, and the, the, the head is always described as Jesus. The head of the church, the head of the body is always described as Christ. And so he's the one that directs us. He's the one that guides us. And we are completely dependent on him. Listen, it may not feel this way. It may be hard to admit, but we are strongest when we're most dependent on Christ. It seems countercultural. It seems intuitive, and especially to the guys in this room. I know that that can be a hard thing for us to grapple with, but we are strongest. Not when we're most independent, not when we're doing our own thing. We are strongest when we're completely dependent on Jesus. When we're completely dependent on the head of the body of Christ. See, we weren't meant for independence. We were meant to be dependent, dependent on God, and even dependent on each other. Vulnerable, open, honest. When we have a need, not being afraid to admit it, but being open about it. We're meant for dependence. And then let's close up with this. Verse 22. It says, On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. There's a that fingernail thing again. The parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think are less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which are more presentable parts are not required. But God 
has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. See, fourth and finally, you weren't meant to honor yourself, but you were meant to honor others. You weren't meant to honor yourself, you were meant to honor others. We talk about this a lot, but every time I, I talk about the idea of, of comparison, you know, I hear from people afterwards and say, yeah, that's me. You know, I struggle with that. And I believe wholeheartedly that selfishness and comparison, they are like cancer in the body of Christ. There's so many times where we can be tempted, whether it's subtly or directly, to honor ourselves over honoring others. But that's not what we're called to do. We're called to honor others even before ourselves. You know, I got one of the, uh, the greatest compliments that, that I think a, a teacher or a pastor can, can ever get um, back in November. We're, we're part of a, a couple different networks. One of the networks that we're part of is Collegiate Church Network. And so we were at this pastor's conference in November. And a lot of times we get chances to speak or share at workshops or whatever at these different conferences that we're at. And uh, so over the last four years, Rob, you know, who's co-pastor, who we just sent out to, uh, to plant at Madison, and Matt Party and me, we would get chances to share uh, about, these, you know, about what God's doing at H2O at these different conferences. And so in November, after I got a chance to share, one of the other pastors who I really respect, um, he came up to me afterwards, and, and he was like, hey, you know, man, I just, I just really love, you know, your heart. I love, you know, hearing you share. And I was like, thanks. And, you know, sometimes people say that after you teach, which is cool. Um, but but he, he went a step further. He's like, the re- reason why I love when, when you share is because you guys, all three of you guys, you're always pushing up others. You know, you're always talking about your co-pastors. You're always talking about your staff. You're always talking about your church, and you're honoring them. And, and it's not so much about you, but it's about what God's doing on your team and what God's doing in your church and, and how the strengths of the other person actually makes what you're doing possible. And he's like, I just, I just really love that. And I feel like I look forward to hearing you talk because I know that, you know, you're going to share about Rob. And I look forward to hearing Rob talk because I know he's going to share about you. And, and, and I felt like, man, you know, you get compliments after you teach every once in a while, but that one resonated with me because that is my heart that's my desire and I'm certainly not perfect at it and I certainly can fall short at times but I can honestly say it is an honor to be your pastor it truly is it's an honor to be the pastor of this church it's an honor to serve with with the staff that we have it's such a blessing it's such a privilege to be able to do this and I oftentimes you know I, I, I get up in the morning not every morning but I get up in the morning oftentimes and I think what an honor to be part of this body. What an honor that God is doing powerful things in the city. What an honor that we have this venue downtown where, where we're reaching a, a whole new group of people that we've never reached before. What an honor that God is doing awesome things at the campus service. What an honor that we got a chance to, to start H2O Akron. What an honor that we get to be on mission together. It is an amazing privilege, and that's what we were meant for. We are always better together. And here Paul says, you know what? You can push others forward. And as you push others forward, you'll probably go with them. But honor others first. Honor others first. And so I want to leave you with this thought and, and maybe try to get just a little bit practical as we 
are, are wrapping up here together today. I want to leave you with this thought that, that no one can do everything, but everyone can do something. As you think about like what you were meant for, think about that phrase. No one can do everything. The body isn't meant to be a one-man show. It's not meant to be a, a, you know, one system running everything. No one can do everything, but everyone can do something. And so here's the question as we move into a, some application for you to think about, not just what do we want you to know, but what do we want you to do? The question is this, and I can't answer it for you. What is your something? You know, no one can do everything, but everyone can do something. So what is your something? You know, what is that, that thing that God might be calling you to do? What is that role that God might be calling you to fill? What is that part of the body that maybe you know that you can meet, but maybe not even others know about it? What is the something that God might be calling you and asking you to be meant for? And as I think about that, I think, man, some of us are like, I know right away. You know, like, yeah, I know what it's supposed to do. Others of us were like, I'm not even really sure. And so what we've tried to do as a church is come alongside people and help different people. What I'd say is if you're newer to H2O and you haven't been through the well, the well is our attempt to help you figure out what that something is. It's our attempt at helping you to figure out how to follow Jesus and where you fit into the body of Christ here at H2O. That's why we talk about it so much, because it's our attempt to help you figure out what that something is. And so if you're here and you haven't went through that yet, maybe this is your something. Maybe your first step is to say, tonight at 5 o'clock, I'm going to show up and be part of the well. And I would even say at the downtown venue, especially for, for all of us to know, this isn't just for college students. If you have kids, we'll watch your kids during that time. This is for the body to come together and to know that you were meant to play a role within the church. Maybe you've been through the well, and, and maybe you, you've disengaged or you've been sitting on the sidelines. Now's the time to re-engage because everybody can do something. What is that something that God is calling you to do? What would it look like to move into being a contributor in the body of Christ? You know, we're always better together. That's what we're meant to be. We're meant to be part of the, the family, the body of Christ, and to move forward together and to use the gift, gifts that God has given us to, to make Jesus known and to serve others and be part of what God is doing here. So I want to encourage you. God is doing awesome things. And as we're heading into 2017, don't miss out on that opportunity to be better together with the people in this room. So I want to pray and ask the band to come up and we're going to close with a time of worship.